the Rad All right, back to it with another episode of the Brad Broadcast. I'm producer Brandon. And I'm producer Amanda. And you're listening to the Brad Broadcast. And this week we have a very uh, special guest, and I'm not going to introduce her yet, so shut up until I address you. Good job. (laughs) And then, uh, (laughs) uh, but first I wanted to kick this off with a very nice email uh, that we got from Cheryl. Um, Cheryl says, hi guys, it's me. You know the Cheryl. She's the one that I says know good the morning Cheryl, yeah. every morning. She's she, the best. She is the best. It's whenever you run a, a best of by yourself, she still makes sure to say hello and good morning to anybody who's working. She's our little, she's our like a, she's almost like our rad mascot. She is. Yeah. <laughs> and she's so little and cute. She could be like, yeah, yeah. Put her yeah. right on your desktop. Yeah. <laughs> good to go. Uh, She says, hi, guys, it's me. Hello, Cheryl. And I never have written to your podcast, but after today, I felt compelled to. Thank you for sharing what you guys have been going through. Uh, It has touched me more than you know. I try that again. I, too, was at the stage where everyone was like, uh, what the hell is wrong with Cheryl? Referring to the fact that, you know, everybody's trying to say, hey, Amanda, what's going on? And, you know, to another extent, I was getting the same kind of treatment, but I was just like, yeah, there's nothing wrong and just kind of shrugging it off. Yeah, I was like, I'm not drinking that much. And Cheryl goes on to say, I also mixed alcohol with depression meds and holy shit. It was like I became a psycho. I also I almost I also became very destructive. I will have five years sober this year, and as and as it is so much easier after time, just know I even find myself getting moody when there is delicious beer surrounding me. Mm. Kind of like when the wine or the champagne was surrounding champagne, you at the bachelorette party. Man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I do enjoy the smell of a delicious beer. I even went as far as getting uh, O'Doul's, and that it was awful because oh. not only did it taste like delicious beer, uh-huh. but it tricked my mind into thinking I was drunk. So then I, I, I'd i have that like fake buzz just for a little bit. Yeah. And then I'd feel awful. Like I just had too many carbs and I felt like I was a fatty. Yeah. Um, um, I, when I was pregnant, I drank, uh, I had a, the now non-alcoholic, uh, St. Pauli's girl. Yeah. And, and that was pretty good. But what I've been doing now is drinking the ginger beer, except the only thing is it's got a lot of fucking sugar, yeah, a lot of sugar in that ginger beer. Uh, Cheryl goes on to say, ha ha, it's going to happen for me. I just like me better when I'm sober, and I am sure everyone else does too. Yeah, people kind of like me a little bit more sober, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bra- f- drunk Brandon is fun, but to an extent, you know, it goes too far sometimes. 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 Uh, I know we are not personally friends, but when you say we don't care what you're going through, I'd have to say you're wrong. I really do care if you guys are hurting. I know that what probably weirds you all out, but man, you guys are more than a show to me. I wanted to tell you both that I am so glad you guys are communicating because you two are touching people more than you know. Mm, All right. Keeping you both in my prayers, and I am always listening. Cheryl. That was very Uh, nice. Thanks, Cheryl. Yes. You're the best. She is the best. And that's, I like that that kind of sets the tone for the show today because we're recording this on February 14th and that's obviously Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. So love is in the air and I thought that it would be nice to have uh, another voice on the broadcast for once and I'd like to introduce Mrs. Brandon, also known as Haley. Hello. Hello. Ooh, now we know your real name. Yeah. (laughs) 
I thought, why not? Right. 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 I mean, I'm. I live the show every day with, or whether or not I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so. How does it feel? Um, to do what? Talk? This. this? Yeah. How does I it feel? Uh, it just is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It always I'm trips me. It always trips me up because, you know. I, we're we're just sitting here talking to each other, and I know we're recording a, po- a podcast or whatever. Or sorry, sorry, podcast. But to me, it just feels like we're just talking in the room. Yeah, you know, we're just having a conversation, right? <laughs> That's usually how it works. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of more laid back, and this time we're doing it a little bit differently because we normally do this in the producer studio, um, and it is set up for multiple people. Um, it's easier to record in the producer studio with two people. Um, because for reasons that are not very interesting, the third <laughs> microphone in that studio is kind of blocked off because we've created kind of a nook um, in the corner for phone screening. So I thought we should take over the main studio and uh, we'll, we'll probably take we should take a picture of us in this room. Not not necessarily like how we're set up now, but maybe take a selfie behind the, the board. Yeah, with the with the board or in behind front us. of the board. Yeah, quick team meeting. Yeah, on the project. Okay, nobody cares. Good. <laughs> Everybody wants to see a little sneak peek into how we work, and yeah, this is all fun. on the fly. Why not? That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're doing it a little differently today because we have uh, Haley's here joining us, and it's easier for us to communicate in this room because it was built this way. Yeah, I like it, too, because in that room, the phone screening computer has that wall, so I Whoa. can't see past the wall. Yeah. It's like, hello, hello, are you there? Yeah, she likes to hide that phone screener. Yeah, I know. I need a guy. <laughs> So what uh, what are you doing? What do you what what brought you here? Uh, I think I was sort of dragged here. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking and screaming? No, no. I think this would be fun. Yeah. I think um, I think that it's time to have an a, maybe an adult, another woman guest star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, we've heard from from Amanda's little uh, crotch spawn. Crotch <laughs> spawn. <laughs> That's a cool band name. I, my right, that's thoughts, what he said. exactly. Yeah. I think it was a listener that came up with that, that called, and I don't know what it was. I think we were saying, like, nicknames for kids, and, uh-huh. and theirs was Crotch Spawn, and I immediately messaged <laughs> Haley. I was like, this is the next band. Dude, we need yeah. shirts. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what type of style of music. It could be a Hall & Oates cover band. I'm still calling it Crotch Spawn. There was the, that's the best. Crotch Spawn! There was this shirt. I used to go to this place called a Shirt Woot to get these just really, like, nerdy shirts. That's where I got the, the GIF shirt, mm-hmm. soft G. Yeah. <laughs> it's on peanut butter, you know? Um, but it was serotonin and the dopamines, and it was like the little like it's molecules, awesome. but it was a band. And I've been pushing. I'm like, you've got to do this. Well, that's a great band. I love that. Yeah, serotonin and the dopamines. Yeah. I like that. Well, we're not going to talk too much more about band names, but I thought that maybe since it's Valentine's Day, if you wanted to maybe air some dirty laundry about me or, or the yes, relationship. finally. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. I'm, I'm kind of unprepared. I do have some emails that we can go over, but, you know, I just thought I'd make your debut here and we just see how it goes. Yeah. Bring it on. All right. What's, uh, you got to do your laundry? Do, do I need to do my, no, you usually do my laundry. Yeah. She doesn't like doing laundry. I hate laundry. No. What? Passion. Okay. I have a question. Okay. What is one thing that Brandon does that's a pet peeve of yours? <laughs> Um, Just she, she can only pick one. I can only pick. Are you right? Well, <laughs> if you have a tie between a couple, that's fine. Okay, so <laughs> there's two things. 
I don't think he's aware of the second one. Ooh. <laughs> he might be a little aware, but it's not bad. Um, the first one is that he lets the uh, the dogs get on the couch, and then he argues with me. Oh well, I, I'm no. Let me let me be a little more specific. He's a pushover with the dogs. Oh, that's actually yeah. yeah, and it drives me crazy. So there's a so debate. you're the fun parent, I'm right? Fun dad, and, yeah. and I'm fun. alpha. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the alpha bitch in the house. And well, yeah, and then to an there's extent. that. It to happens. An extent. That response happens every time <laughs> I reiterate that I am the alpha with the dogs. With, um, I'm sorry. Mosey is my little bitch. No. Yeah, okay, so I've Mo- got him wrapped around Mozart. my finger. Mozart is one of the cats, one of the five cats. And oh. uh, he's my my cat. Yeah. Um, but How old is he now? now? He's the oldest of no. them all. He's older than uh, Lucy, who is, I think, 11, 12 right now. So, uh-huh. yeah, Mo is probably about 13. Well, let's, let's do the math on that, because when we met, Lucy was seven. That was five years ago. Mm-hmm. So she's... Eleven. Let's 12? let's all count. Yeah. What's 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 five plus? So, and then Mosey was always what two years older than Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's twelve, thirteen. You would never know it. You yeah. would never ever know it. He acts like a oh. kitten. Yeah. That's and cool. since we've been, we started fostering and bringing the kittens in, and we've got two basically new kittens. Mm-hmm. He's become this really grandfather kind of cat, and he's very gentle. Aww. He's taught them the ways of the house, and he played. He coaxes them to play and. I was worried. I was worried because uh, there was a a period there where I was not home all the time and he was the only animal at the house. So I would go there. I would go to this apartment that I basically was kind of staying at, but I was staying at somebody I was seeing at the time. Like I was kind of living both houses Mm -hmm. and I was spending more time at, at their house. So every day I would just go and feed and water Mosey, but he was alone for a long time. And I think it was like a, a month that it was just, it was kind of like that off and on me staying at that. And so I thought that I was afraid that the cat was going to get gray matter on his brain and that he, he was just oh. going to gonna turn into a crotchety old man because he wasn't getting that human interaction mm-hmm. or any interaction as much as, as he is now. Fortunately... He's he's a, like a kitten again, and Aww. so I don't have that. I don't have that to worry about. But it was a real worry there because he was a crotchety, pissy cat that just wouldn't wouldn't uh, want to be sociable. I I don't think I could touch him without getting hissed and whacked for about six months. Oh dang! And that was like six months of me like being there a lot. Um, he is he still has his demands. He's very much Brandon's cat. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's um. He's a little overreactive, if you must. He, oh. If he wants something and he's angry, you get hissed at. And it doesn't matter how much he loves you. <laughs> yeah. He has a seat at the table, at the dinner table. Yeah. Aww. Every night when we have dinner. Well, every night we eat at the dinner table. Uh-huh. It's not always every night. Uh, but when he does, he, he's got a stool that he sits on right next to me. Like and if oh, he's cute. Yeah, if he's not next to me, he's sitting on the stool and he's like, "Oh, Dad, you're gonna pull the stool up to the table." Yeah, and he's like, oh, "What are you doing?" Yeah, he's always got a seat, so he always sits there and just it just That's watches so us eat. So sweet, and, yeah. What a great cat! Yeah, he's he's, he great he's cat. the most ritualistic cat I think I've ever met. Like, he has his habits. You ha- you if even if he's been fed in the morning, you have to go shake his food bowl. Like, no, that's his. He makes a. Statement: He chases you around the house until you do what he wants you to do. <laughs> I love my wiener. I love my wiener dog Lucy, um, and she's getting pretty close to to the end. I keep wondering about that, but then I don't want to like ask you guys because then it would be sad. But I keep wondering about her. What's great is we're actually 
with a combination of some of one of the uh, pain meds that we have her on right now, uh, where we've introduced a glucosamine pill mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. has done wonders. Oh, like, great! It, she's kind of done a complete one eighty. Like she's still old. She's still kind of mm-hmm. geriatric. She's still kind of slow. She can't. She she can't jump or get up on her hind legs anymore. And she does favor uh, her back legs a lot more, but. She's like a puppy. She'll she'll oh, run around. Good. She'll bark. She'll play. She'll get on her back and and roll around and stuff. And so it's it's great to see her getting better. Yeah. And it's gonna be tough when she dies. But Mozart is gonna be the hardest, I think, because oh, there's that's that. Fair. And and I know yeah. I, I I mean I I love dogs and cats equally. I'm not necessarily a dog or cat person. But I think each animal kind of brings something different to the to the situ like to the to your life, and oh yeah, they impact you differently. If it's a bird, like sometimes people get so attached to birds that live for eighty to a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Well, I think birds get attached to him. I think birds, if I'm not mistaken, actually like fall in love with their people. The imprint. The yeah, imprint. they imprint. It's exact. And so, like, I knew a bird that would literally like sing her own name because it was the only thing she knew how to say. And so she'd rest her head on somebody's uh, chest and go. Lou, because she was so happy to be in his presence. Wow. Yeah. That, that bond between animals, and I had that bond with Mozart a little bit more than I do with Lucy. And But yeah. it's so tough because I, if you were to look at your love scale for an animal, mm-hmm. and like there's like a, a meter, and if it's like, okay, green and then yellow and then red is like the ultimate love for, for that animal, I'm always peeking in the red for all of my animals. It's just varying degrees. Yeah, know? no, I look, I totally know what you mean because Moses, my uh, Boston Terrier that passed away, that was like my soulmate dog. Mm-hmm. And I love my two other dogs, Frida and Ozzy, but it's... Ozzy! But it's not the same love that I had for Moses. It's still love, and Frida is different than Ozzy because Frida is like the well-behaved uh dog and she always try when uh, when ozzy tries to jump up on my lap she's the one that's like leave mom alone you know <laughs> mm-hmm. but and so that my love for them is different than what i had from moses but gertie my cat i have a very similar love for her that i had for moses not quite the same but similar um and i want to i want to get kittens but I'm afraid that she will hate them because she's such a bitch. She does not like any other cats because oh, yeah. she was a she was a um, a feral. Well, no, she wasn't feral, but she was a uh, you know an abandoned cat that somebody found in their garage, and uh, she was on the streets for a while. And she just is so mean to everybody. Hmm. Yeah, well, she's been trained to be. She had to protect herself. So. Yeah, but I was I'm wondering if she'd be nice to kittens. You'd be surprised. Sometimes they change. Um, we were. Uh, not sure how Mosey was going to handle me bringing in my cats, and they were mm-hmm. grown cats. And then he seemed to adjust pretty well to that, with the exception of one. Fair enough, she's very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when we brought the kittens in for fostering, he seemed to become even more kitten-like. So Aww. they're colony animals. They're yeah. pro-social colony animals that they typically find their rank and stick to it. So yeah, but. There's always that one. We have five cats, and four out of five all get along. But then there's this one that they love to pick on and gang up on. And, you know, well, if you met her, you'd understand. Yeah, it's <laughs> a little weird. My, She's weird. My one cat, Blackberry, that she, I tried to bring her in. I was telling you, Haley, the other day, it was raining outside. She was just sitting in the rain. I tried to bring her inside, wiped her all down, and made her a little bed. 
And as soon as I opened the door to come to work, she ran. She just hates fucking being inside. And I don't know what her deal is. I think when we lived in Orangevale, she just got used to living that like kind of mouser cat. She's kind of like a barn cat. Mm. Um, but and she is mean and old yeah. and doesn't like other cats. But she's found this one little stray cat in the neighborhood that we named Cruella. And they're like girl, <laughs> they're like girlfriends. They love each other. See, sometimes they just have to find the right one. Like, yeah. Their brunch partner. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, they're cute. Yeah. So, uh, moving, transitioning from the the animals mm. and everything. What what was the other? You said there was two. Oh, things, oh two, yeah. two, two wow. Pet we, peeves. Well, you get me started on animals. I just talk for days. Yeah. Um, the other thing is <laughs> his shoes. So, which is funny because I'm the first one to kick my shoes off in the house, but I always try and manage to do it somewhere you're not going to step. But I trip on his shoes somewhere in the house every single day. <laughs> So, like, it's, I just kind of accepted it for what it is because, in all fairness, he usually is the one that does the laundry and folds it. And he's really good about doing dishes. So it's like, okay, I can trip over his shoes. That's, I'm, yeah. I'm fine. I'm not going to nitpick. Those will be one of those idiosyncrasies. Like, if I were to die in a car crash tomorrow, yeah, that, that I would you, miss. You would miss. I, like, I would walk in and be like, where are his shoes? Right. I want to trip over his <laughs> shoes one more time. Yeah. That, oh, don't die in a car crash, please. I'll try not to. And the, the thing about that, though, I always I'm predictable because they're always in the same spot. They just so happen to be in like my walkway in in the more general areas that I walk to when I get home. They're either underneath the coffee table, so right in front of the couch, yep. right, mm-hmm. and then right by the uh, the the dresser in the bedroom, right. There's one other which spot, is like a main walkway. The one other spot that um, he thinks I don't go. Because mm-hmm. he thinks that I don't go over and pick up the laundry on the side of his bed. Oh, yeah. My and secret stash. It's his, <laughs> like, it'll be a couple, <laughs> he's terrible about it, which is not fair because I actually have a laundry basket over there mm-hmm. with both of our clothes in it. It just needs to be gone through. If they're clean or dirty, who knows? Yeah, that's that's one of my bad habits. But he will take his shoes off right there, like... And if I just walk over, I, I trip on him. It's That's the one spot I trip on him the most. And so he thinks he's getting away with it, but no. No. I know. Oh, damn. See, those aren't bad, though. No. no, no those aren't bad. Those aren't no. bad. It's not like I chew with my mouth open or, you know, no. I don't stink all the time. What are, what are, there, what are some oh. really awful... Oh. Oh, this one's my favorite. <laughs> I, 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 I you, triggered you an idea. Yeah, you did yeah. it. Okay. Um, so I know that he's very busy with work, and I know that the show gets a lot of emails because mm-hmm. when we're out doing things, he's always on them. He's always on his phone, always checking his email, because if he doesn't, it just it stacks up. And then, yeah. So, you know, it's... But he tunes out so well that the only thing he'll remember are trigger words and he will string them together to make the most catastrophic sentence you've ever heard (laughs) i I can't even come up with an example and i just stand there and wait because i mean the lag on his response is sometimes 10 15 seconds i'll say something Uh and you just can look at your watch and go okay and he's like reading and he frowns every time he does it this is how he looks at his phone with the biggest frown are you okay is everything okay is the world burning and then most of the time it's not it's just work and then i wait because sometimes i'll just say random things to him to see if he's even paying attention mm-hmm. and then he'll come back and go wait what and <laughs> just a good 10 seconds of silence has passed i think most guys suffer from that though selective hearing suffer oh, for I, sure i think right? that's a choice no it's yeah. it's it's a i think it's just an ailment that we were built with that oh you, Does we, that we, require a penis? Yeah, Does yes. it? Is that, is that your crutch, it's, your penis? It's probably the penis <laughs> the penis that's stuck in my ear oh, that, that makes it hey. hard to hear. You, know? <laughs> you never had ear sex before? 
Uh, I'm with you. Is there anything we haven't done before? That's a a good point. (laughs) Um, So, cool. Uh, I think that's it, right? (laughs) I'm not not going to, I'm actually not going to ask anymore because I'm sure she'll figure something. I I think that's it. That's it. Okay. All right. Um, For your pet peeves, I have none. You're the most perfect person in the world. Oh, wipe the crap off your nose, ass kisser. I have to say that. <laughs> you well, do not. Valentine's Day. Oh, what? Will she burn no, cigarettes he, like Rob does? She'll hit me again. Oh, my God. <laughs> he hates it when I feed the animals um, people food. I give the cats people food, and he hates that. Uh, uh-huh. And, yeah. Yeah. And she lets the cats get on the... She, okay, I, I really don't like it when cats are on the counter, especially me in either. the kitchen. Because yeah. not only clean you know, surfaces for cooking... But I have to go back and and clean up all their messes that they knock over all over the all over the counters that yeah. that's not being knocked on the floor. Um, but she'll tell. This is what bothers me is she'll see it happen, and my first reaction is to get the cat off the counter. Her first reaction is to say, "You know the rules," and, oh. th- and that's it. <laughs> you won't pick up the cat. You won't take it off the counter. You'll just look at it and go, you know the rules. <laughs> the cats don't know the rules. I'm sorry, but the cats do know the rules. They, what, really? Your cats rule don't. Chart? Your little Hermie doesn't know the rules. Okay, well, Hermie is not just my cat. Hermie is the most recent addition that was a foster failure. Hermie's uh-huh. your cat. He would have been killed if we didn't adopt him. and that's the, That's why we have him. It was out of guilt. They were, oh, were, <laughs> no, no. It was not out of guilt. Do not even. I asked you the other, I asked you last week. I said, it, would he be dead right now had we not adopted him? And you said yes, because of the, the specific condition that he had, the, the kitty AIDS that he had. Oh, kitty AIDS. Okay, but we're not, yeah, but we're not totally sure on that. He's he's a very weird, you opened this can of worms. He's a very weird situation where he's really tiny. Um, uh-huh. He's about the third the size he should be. We can't seem to find a cause for it, but we didn't have the resources with the SPCA to do so because mm-hmm. they, they only are allotted, you know, so much that they can put into it. It wasn't yeah. causing him any health issues. No, not at all. But there's this weird thing where cats, kittens can be born with FELV positive mm-hmm. and then at like four months it goes away. But with with Hermie, it seems like everything's taking twice as long to get there. Oh, so growing. he's not quite eight months yet. And I if if my hunch is right at eight months, which it usually is, his mm-hmm. FELV will be negative because the last time we tested him through the SPCA, we got a negative test mm-hmm. and then we got a very faint light positive from a, an ex outside lab. So oh. it looks like it's waning. So we're just kind of waiting. But they they, you know, yeah, they got they got places got, to do and kittens yeah, to kill. They got other. Oh, oh, stop it. They have other do. animals to save. You're right. And I want to clear the air on this one. We had fallen in love with Hermie. Brandon specifically, immediately. Oh, I remember the pictures uh-huh. of Brandon with Hermie. Hermie seemed to love Brandon. The little parrot cat. Yeah. He was Brandon's little sidekick. Uh-huh. And Brandon just, his little heart melted for him. And we decided, well... You know, if we can't do much more for him, why don't we just take care of him? And they were able to adopt him out to us rather than keeping him in foster for a year or so. Killing him. Or possibly putting him down if, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I I couldn't live with that on my conscience. And he's a fucking rad cat. He is really cool. He really is. What's sad, though, is that even if if it isn't FELV, there's still health complications that go with his growth 
Yeah. Mm. Uh, if it's if it's dwarfism caused by um, uh, a stunt in the hormone production, mm-hmm. we could be talking about weak heart muscles. Like we don't know, and it's not a very common thing. And I'm not saying definitively he has that, but all signs point he had his kitten fur, his little kitten down until uh, what for s- almost six months. Hmm. Yeah, longer than he needed it. Way longer. That's usually gone by six to eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. So he's a little conundrum. Nobody really knows what to do with him. Well, he's special, very, in more ways than you know. Just oh. like me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Want to fight about it? Yeah. I, my my favorite thing is just, you know, everybody gives their animals voices, right? Yeah. So um, Walter's like, oh, do you guys have a sandwich? Walter, the tree walker coonhound. Do you guys like sandwiches? Because I like sandwiches. <laughs> if you want to share yours with me, that'd be okay. You know, dumb, yeah. big, dumb, stupid. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Hermie, because he's a little midget. Hey, I want to fight about it. He's tiny but <laughs> let mighty. Let me at him. Let me at him. He has quite the little attitude sometimes. <laughs> What's Lucy's voice? Oh, uh, uh, she doesn't really have a voice. No, Aww. she does. No, I just give her, I just, yeah, Lucy do. Oh, I just I just do the baby talk with her. I, oh. She doesn't really have a voice. I, I can't. Yeah. Does Mosey have a no. Mosey, no, Mosey to me sounds like a Brooklyn thug. Like, well, Mos- Mosey already has, he has his own voice. He's such a vocal cat. Yeah. He, he talks. He talks uh, to me. Yeah. Like, he re- interacts with how I move and he, he'll talk to me if I ask him questions. He'll, uh-huh. he'll answer, well, yes, Father. Yes, this, uh, this is how I this is how I feel about the issue. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he kind of has his own voice. Yeah, um, that's sweet. It is sweet. Yeah. Um, okay, so enough of animal talk. Come on. Yeah, Kid, stop. Kitty corner. Yeah, there's already enough pussy in this room as it is. Whoa. Ooh, ew. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, why not? Just, just don't hold it against me. I, I don't want to have another meeting with HR. And, oh, you know. I think Sounds you like he's the one HR. that needs to check his vagina at the door. Ooh. Dang. Shots <laughs> fired. Man, I knew it was a bad idea to bring you on here. <laughs> All right. Because I'm smarter? No, you're not smarter. I'm smarter. Mm. Good one. Good comeback. All right. I got some uh, Dr. Prod emails. Um, All right. Let's go. And because I've been honest about um, my wife and I's um, sexual experimentations and our uh, exploitations and our um, overall nastiness. Um, I like to call them sexcapades. Sexcapades. That's oh, another yeah, way yeah, yeah. going at it. Um, maybe we can all three be of help to this person. Um, here we go. All Dr. Right. Prod, if you have an email that you want us to help you with, or if you have a situation that you want us to help you out with, uh, you can always email us at rad at radradio.com. This one is from Anonymous. He says, I am writing to get some advice as a, on a polyamorous relationship I am involved with. I guess you can say I'm a cuckold. You know what that is? Yes, is okay. a it is a husband that has or it's a partner that lets the other person get fucked and they like watch, right? Yeah, pretty much, kind of like a kind of like a I'm going to do this against your will, even though you know you might not like it type of thing. Yeah. It could be kind of a degradation type of thing, but it could also just be the guy just likes to um, see his. Like if it's a male uh, male female relationship, the male will let like a more like bigger blacker guy be be with his wife mm-hmm. rather than you know him doing it, and and it's kind of like there's there's a fine line I think of like the degradation level and mm-hmm. and the guy really getting off on it. 
Yeah, there's this one um, particular. So when I watch porn, I like that cream pie porn. But there's this one lady, um, and her husband is clearly the videographer, and she fucks a bunch of dudes. It's called Jean Swing, and um, then eventually he'll fuck his wife or whatever. But it's all it's he's pretty much a cuckold. Yeah, so it's kind of the same kind of the same situation, right? Mm-hmm. That, is that your impression of what? Yeah. It is? Yeah. Yeah. With my wife, uh, he's been married with his wife of 10 years, and he is the cuckold. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been dabbling in the in the lifestyle for about five years, and he goes on to say, I do not get off on being degraded or watched, but more like coming back together with her after she's been fucked and enjoying our time, uh, our, our time together after. Follow me? Yeah. That mm-hmm, makes sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. I like the sexy stories she would tell me of her quote-unquote playtime. And the extra wetness is a lot of fun, too. Yeah, so oh, the leftovers, the cream pie. The cream pie. Yeah. yeah, that's hot. <clears throat> Recently, I would say over the last year, things have just changed a bit. She's still into having her playtime with other guys, but doesn't seem into sharing about it. Uh, is the past In the past, she would present her outings in an erotic story, which was hot, but not is but not like, yeah, we fucked and we did this position and that's it. I have talked to her about it, but she basically says she just feels weird about telling me about it now. Oh. Mm-mm. I don't think she has developed feelings for any of these guys. The playtime doesn't occur often, maybe once every two to three months. But when it does again, it seems like she's just into the sex with the other men now and not the after effect that I also enjoy. I have asked her if she wanted to stop the lifestyle altogether, and she doesn't. she said she doesn't and still enjoys it and doesn't mind talking about it, but wants to do it on her time. For example, if she's tired after and doesn't want to give me details, I need to understand and let her have her time. I still enjoy the lifestyle and don't necessarily want to stop, but uh, my enjoyment of it is definitely different. I'm not sure exactly what advice I'm looking for here, but any suggestions you guys might have would be greatly appreciated. Love you guys and love the show and the podcast. Then he doesn't need his name. Okay. Um, so this guy's, uh, you know, likes to, to let his woman loose. I wouldn't say this is like a cuckold relationship. I think, I think this is more of like a hot wife situation. Yeah. Cause so she goes and gets fucked and then comes back and says, Hey, this is what happens. And then he gets off on hearing the story. And mm-hmm. so that's like, that's part of their agreement yeah. is that they, they're doing that. And I, well, it sounds like it's our agreement. I get it. I mean, that that if, if in order for them both to get the benefit of it, she needs to come back and, and relive the story. Um, but what it sounds like is she's just getting plowed and coming home and like Does not it? not even not not even telling him about it, but not even interacting with him in a way that's like, you know, affectionate. Yeah. So I'm curious who initiated the cuckold situation in this relationship. It didn't necessarily say it was her fantasy or his fantasy mm-hmm. or if they shared the fantasy from the beginning. Uh, I, that might have a bearing on what's going on at this point. Uh, now? Yeah, because maybe she's a little worn out, you know, maybe or maybe... 
maybe he's the one that pushes a little too hard for it. Well, I'm not sure. No, I by what it's the only thing that they say he says is that they've been dabbling in the lifestyle for about five years. Mm-hmm. So who's, yeah. who started, who started it? Who initiated it? it? I His don't idea know. was it was it something they came to together? And he also mentions that they're in a polyamorous relationship. Which, okay, if I'm to understand, that means that you're you are open to having a relationship. With more than one person, right? Well, yeah. yeah and, well, that, to me, ahead. it sounds like it. Now she's changing the dynamic mm-hmm. of how it is. Now he did say, "I don't think she has feelings," but it sounds like she wants to keep these experiences just to herself. So to me, that would be she is having feelings, or at least it would point that direction to me. Hmm. So I'm going to go down a little darker road. Okay. And I think that what he's actually saying isn't, I don't think she has feelings. I think he's saying, I hope she hasn't developed feelings. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I wonder if she, oh, God, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. I wonder if she's starting to lose interest in him personally. Hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. she's not wanting to share these experiences. Maybe she's getting something different from it than she had even expected to in the beginning. And I'm if they're in a polyamorous relationship from what my personal experience, this is very close to home for me. I have family members like that. It It's not open relationship. And they made no mention of a consistent partner, which is there a consistent partner Do or I. is it several partners? Because that's not polyamory as no. much as it would be open relationship. Yeah. And then if you are OK with a polyamorous relationship, then you would be OK with her right. having her own dalliances exactly. and her own relationship and not necessarily coming home and telling you everything about the other relationship. What it sounds like is they're going to have to have a little powwow. They're going to have to sit sit down and and really draw this out and say, Hey, this is what, this is what my expectations are. And this is what I'm comfortable with Mm -hmm. and compare the two because they're clearly veering off in different directions. Yeah. And if you don't talk about it now, it's just going to, it's probably going to get worse. You know, you can't just ignore these things. If you're if you're feeling like, hey, this doesn't seem right, that's that's a valid feeling. And you should be checking in with your significant other, especially when there are uh, other people involved and stuff. You want to make sure that you're checking. They, like you guys have always said, Brandon said a gajillion times that you need to make sure your relationship foundation mm-hmm. is strong. Otherwise, everything else is going to fall apart. And if he's feeling this way and not talking to her about it, that's just setting their relationship up for failure. Yeah, it feels like there's something pulling her away right now. Mm-hmm. And it it might actually be the entire situation. It like, may be that, she, that that has become her escape from the, the everyday. Yeah, yeah. It, might, it might be right now just because maybe she's feeling a little overwhelmed or maybe it's it's taken on an, a new role in her world and yeah communication is key it's maybe, maybe she's over the fact of him wanting to be in the background right. maybe mm-hmm. he she wants him to maybe fight for her in the way that these other guys are like hey yeah i'll give you the attention you want because th- if you're right. gonna get that pass then i'm gonna give you all that attention yeah because maybe he is because they're married he's just maybe taking for granted the fact that she might not be feeling um appreciated by him she he's just expecting oh well we're married so she's gonna come back where the other people are more vying for her attention and fighting for her attention, like you were saying. 
Yeah, unfortunately, this is probably just going to boil down to the same old, uh, same old that we mm-hmm. um, always talk about, and that's communication. And I, he's he says he's not exactly sure what advice he's looking for. I think we gave him a lot to think about. There's, mm-hmm. it's really ultimately going to come down to you clearing out the air and making sure that you guys are on the same page because it just sounds like you guys are veering off in the totally different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's been a while since since. Haley and I have actually been in a like poly situation or invited yeah. anybody in because the last one that we had, um, it, it, it ended kind of uh, tumultuously. Oh, so what say. happened? Sort of. Well, um, this guy that we were seeing, we were basically seeing him. Like he, mm-hmm. he was kind of coming around a lot and, uh, you know, we were all enjoying each other's company and uh, it kind of became routine. Like he, he was even coming... Uh, out on he was even coming out on our on our vacations, so it was kind of mm-hmm. being folded into our everyday life. And so he, he was like the third person in a relationship. It was yeah, very, yeah. very much like you both had a relationship. If you wanted to consider it, he was our boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, I, I I don't think I was necessarily ready for that, and I think that he got really attached to us because I mean we're awesome, <laughs> right? Um, but but at the same time, you know, he he was craving that that relationship. Um, and I was kind of suffering from some, some demons. This was kind of in my heavier drinking times and, Mm -hmm. and I, I let that really interfere with it and it just kind of got very volatile. And I think because I was, you know, jealousy played a part in it, alcohol played a part in it and seeing the interaction between my wife and this boyfriend, um, kind of escalated things and made me go whoa 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 guy I'm, I'm freaking out here this is this isn't comfortable and mm-hmm. i think i was at that that point that the last letter writer was at um where i, I was just confused and i just didn't know exactly and that's when we really had to sit down and, mm-hmm. and discuss like okay this is too much we need to step back and focus on our foundation again and mm-hmm. uh, you know unfortunately some people got hurt yeah i think it's important to recognize that uh Every situation is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You bring anybody new in, it's going to be a different. It's never going to be a cookie cutter situation. Right. And one thing that we keep constant is that we check back in with each other. And if one little thing feels a little off, you have to say it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just saying it out loud, you go, oh, I'm ridiculous. This is so like. Right. And then there's times where it's like, OK, but it didn't make me feel better saying it out loud. So then we need to take action in some way mm-hmm. um, in our ex-boyfriend i guess we'll call him um in his defense he actually initiated the split because uh he did have respect for us and our relationship well that's good so and we've been stronger since Mm -hmm. um when we entered into the 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 situation uh it was on a well let's try and do something a little more regular with someone because Mm -hmm. it was usually just one night things here and there every few months if we were lucky we're very picky (laughs) there's not a lot to choose from right um but it it just it kind of just sort of naturally started to happen because there was a friendship budding and Mm -hmm. it seemed like it was the right direction but towards the end it was clear that he wanted what we had and it wasn't like he was trying to steal either of us from each other it was just i think he got a little love drunk so yeah yeah well i could understand for him how awesome that would be to have two people Mm -hmm. you know showering affection on you exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and you know i just think that everybody kind of played a part into 
into the factors that ultimately led to the mm-hmm. you know the end result. And I don't I don't hold any ill will towards towards my wife. I don't hold any ill will towards him. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's just one of those things that in the moment it might seem like the most scariest, the most awful, the, the but. If you just have if you if you focus on the foundation and, and you rely on the fact if you it's not going to work for everybody. And that's also why we say all the time it, it's good to keep things as a fantasy because mm-hmm. not everybody can can come back from that type of situation where if it's if it if it ultimately puts a wedge in between you and your partner and you can't get back from that, then what was it was it really worth it? Right. Was it worth right. that that tryst with a third person just to get a little thrill? Because you can get the same thing just by fantasizing. So, do you guys think that you want to do that again? And like, if you did that again, would it be with a regular person? Like, would you have a boyfriend again? Or what do you what do you think? How how are you about it now? Well, we have recently discussed. We still talk to him, and we mm-hmm. have even recently discussed. Maybe trying it again. And then when it comes down to it, we just kind of both panic. Uh-huh. And so I think right now we're just kind of taking a little bit of, of us time. Yeah, that's smart. Um, I think that if it was right, if it was somebody that we didn't feel um, got so attached mm-hmm. or if it – I don't know. You know, every, like I said, every situation is different. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. It just uh, – we're open, but we're not searching. Yeah. Oh, that's that, a good way to say it. That, yeah. that that perfectly encapsulates it because mm-hmm. I think that in the beginning, when when her and I were exploring and and expanding our horizons, we were also like courting and and dating, and we were we were fucking like bunnies, you know, mm-hmm. like that that was just that was our thing. There wasn't necessarily any responsibility, like as far as marriage or or future life that we were thinking, okay, well now we have five year plans and we have other things to consider. This was more of just like this, this was kind of like our bonding recreational thing that we were doing in the beginning. Yeah. It's like you get caught up in the fun of it and it's like, Oh, this is so fun and this is great. And, and wait, but we do have a marriage and this is going to be like, we have a future together. So what does that look like? And it, it probably doesn't necessarily include a third person in the long run. Right. And to be perfectly fair, it's a good point to bring up. We had been married just a few months before we met him. Oh. You know, our second date may have been at a swinger club, but then we got married. And then suddenly it became very, very real as this progressed that we were still married Mm -hmm. and that no matter what, it was going to be me and him. It wasn't Mm going to be me and him and this person or this person. And then he's it's not like that. Right. You know, and so I think it became a little that's where kind of the panic and the 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 scary be like settled in because we had way more riding on the line and we have too much respect for one another to hurt each other in a selfish way over a lustful thing. Yeah. You know, well, the important thing is, is that you guys recognize that and that you're able to talk about it and, you know, validate each other and, you know, just like we always say, communicate and and move forward. Yeah. And hopefully what we just presented will also be helpful to the last letter writer to, to say, you know, to prove. I mean, so far, things are working out really great now that we've gotten over that hump. And I think that's, you know, pun intended. I think that we... (laughs) If as long as we have the same vision, the same goals in mind, and are willing to not not make compromises, but but to 
to agree to the way of life that we want to live and and be all harmonious and crap. There's there's at least three main pillars to a relationship, and it's respect, trust, and communication. You can't have any without the other. That's true. You absolutely have to be able. If you if you don't respect the person, you're not going to communicate with the person. You can't trust the person if you can't do that. And mm-hmm. I mean, every which way you make it work, it's you have to have those three. And I think that I think we have that i think we yeah. and we work very hard to have that hmm. hard <laughs> i'm sorry what were you saying i'm sorry <laughs> you are smarter than me I she's know. right uh yeah it yeah. sounds like it yeah i can tell <laughs> <laughs> all right uh we're gonna change gears here let's do a little sobriety update how you Ooh, doing uh how am i doing i'm doing all right i i don't have any idea how many days i'm at was it 35 on sunday was, yeah, I think so. I think the, it was thirty five. I think you posted something after everybody was accusing you of drinking. Yeah, everyone was <laughs> like, "I thought a man was giving drinking a break." Blah, yeah, and you were just posing with uh, ginger beer in the photos with Christina at her bachelor party. Yeah, bachelor party. Yeah, well, and then we did a little Facebook Live thing, and I was holding a Bloody Mary. But I didn't say, hey, guys, this is a virgin Bloody Mary, but it totally was. Oh, it was. Yeah. And it was really good, by the way. Nice. I I can totally get down with the virgin Bloody Marys. So, yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, I, this sucks kind of, but I have been smoking cigarettes more. Oh, Uh, so it wasn't just a one-time thing at the bachelorette party. No. So how many cigarettes are you smoking a day? A day, uh, two, okay. two to three-ish. You know, that's where it starts. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And so I don't want to pick that. I don't want to trade one bad habit for another. Yeah. Um, it, it, it definitely is less destructive, mm-hmm. you know, but is totally bad for my health. Are you are you a morning smoker or are you no, an evening smoker? I'm an evening smoker. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't even I care. can't anymore. It's just the thought of it makes me so and I was an avid smoker for a long time. Now I smell it and I just want to vomit. You know what's funny is I always always even when I was a smoker, you know, like an actual smoker buying cartons of cigarettes, uh I hate the smell of cigarette smoke. When somebody else is smoking, I fucking hate it. But I can smoke. And that's why when I'm in public or somewhere and there's people sitting next to me, I always ask, do you mind if I smoke? Because for me, I fucking hate the, the smell of it. Mm-hmm. it, which is weird because most people that I know that were s- s- uh, smokers or are smokers, which not in your case, but they would like – they like the smell of it. Just to be around it. never it. offends them. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, uh, gross. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to smell like that. I don't want to get lung cancer, you know, all that, all that stuff I don't want to do. Yeah. But right now it's kind of, I'm just, it's kind of getting me through because I haven't, I haven't figured out a way to like chill out at the end of the night. So that's what I need to mm. start working on um, is that self-soothing mm-hmm. at the end of the night you know yeah i, I know I, I've, I've mentioned before that i've significantly cut back on the pot smoking mm-hmm. um but it's still in the at, the at the end of the day that's like that's the treat now that's yeah that's how we wind down and we, lately we've been having to force ourselves to do that because it's so easy to get into couch lockdown uh-huh. and uh not pack we, we got to move which is a long boring story we'll talk about some other time but <laughs> Um, it uh, helps right now because everything's really stressful. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard not to not to 
go home and just be like, oh, I got to smoke a bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm the type of person that uh, loves the after meal cigarette. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of maybe a habit that I've started to form. It's like I've eaten dinner. I got all my shit done. Everybody's done. Mm -hmm. You know, homework, all that shit. So now I'm going to have some me time. You know, outside in the backyard with the dogs, like we're going to like I hang out with them and talk to them and like everybody leaves me alone. You know, especially as the weather gets better, you're going to be wanting to be outside more. Well, yes, but I do hate smoking in the heat. So, oh, okay. So I was the opposite because I'm always cold. So I hated smoking in the cold. So I would smoke more in the summer and the the spring and fall and then when winter came around it would be the time i would kind of hang up my hat and be like i'm gonna cut back a little no it was funny when i lived in dallas um it was fucking blistering hot in the summer and that's when i switched to those uh camel crushes (laughs) that's what i smoked yeah and so they would get you that menthol Because in the blistering heat, I can't smoke a regular cigarette. I kind of have to have a menthol. I miss the ritual most of all. Well, I think then that's what I'm addicted yeah, to. Yeah, like especially with the, the crush ones. It was mm-hmm. like I'd light and then I'd crush it. And it was just like, oh. Yeah. And then I would be good. Like I almost didn't even want the rest of the cigarette after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fucking nasty habit. Yeah. So I got to I gotta figure that out. I started with cloves. Mm. Yeah. Those are my first cigarettes. And then they banned them. That was a very goth thing to do. Was it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. At least for me. Was that I, was that like the goth kids in high school that, yes. were, that were smoking them? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I have to agree with that. I didn't start smoking until 18. Like, I didn't start doing anything until I turned 18. So. Oh, so you weren't really affected by like the goth Yeah. Thing. I, I just, I think somebody, I don't remember how I got turned on to them, but I love them. And I. And then they ended up banning them like two years later after mm-hmm. I had started smoking them. So, and then they, the, all, the only thing you could get for the clove cig- cigarettes were the cigarillos. Uh, it weren't the same. No. Not at all because it was such a richer smoke and it made me sick. And Yeah, well, it's like a baby cigar. Yeah, and I, I could go through a pack of Dijarms. Dijarms. <laughs> I can I go through a pack of those and like yeah oh man those are good yeah I would probably smoke smoke, one of those kids no 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 No. don't smoke but it's fun to reminisce yeah Um, I I did get to the Camel Crushes I never had like Marlboros it was always a light cigarette I couldn't I couldn't do the the straight so yeah I did Camel I did Camel Lights for a really really long time um, because I remember when I was a child. In the early 80s. Hey, back in the day. <laughs> uh, in Eureka, they still had, I'm sure they still had them all around, but they had the um, the cigarette machines. Oh, yeah. And so my biological mother smoked, and so she would let me pick her cigarettes, and she always said, you're going to get the one with the camel on it. Oh, and so when, <laughs> when I started smoking, I'm like, well, this is what my mom smoked, so I need to smoke them. And uh, yeah, that's... Uh, Smoke them if you got them, Amanda. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit here soon. But, but you know what? The thing is, um, I can go forever and not smoke and not crave it and not even care about it. Um, and then like on the weekend, I'll pick it. Just, I don't. I'm not at the point where I'm like, oh my god, mm-hmm. right. I gotta have a cigarette. Jones it's up. like whatever. If I have one, I have one. If I have time to like sit out back, then I have time. But. It's not something that I have to have. I have at least uh, that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think the one thing that keeps me from smoking is that smell on my fingers. 
Yeah. That that really rich nicotine smell that you get that's oh, yeah, ultimately stains your fingers. That's yeah, one that's thing disgusting. that that keeps because not only now because I have a I have a, a more manly mustache. It's not necessarily manly, but it's more manly than it was. <laughs> um, I get that smell stuck on the on the, the hair on my face uh-huh. and then on my fingers, and I just smell it all the time. See. It's different, like the stale smoke that stains on your on your body than the, the smoke in the air. Yeah, something totally different. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so I so this is a thing that I learned from my stepmom. When she was a smoker and was trying to um, hide it from everybody, she would always come in from the garage and wash her hands immediately. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have learned, you know, that's I've learned in her footsteps. So I always like make sure to wash my hands right away, even if I'm out and about. Like I don't just like sit in the cigarette smoke, and usually. When I'm at home, if I'm going to do that, I have a particular jacket that I put on so that it like it absorbs mm-hmm. everything, <laughs> not my regular jacket. clothes. Yeah, I totally yeah. have a smoker's jacket. Nice, but uh, yeah, I got to stop that. But no drinking, still, still no drinking. But yeah. man, it's fucking hard, it dude. Is. It is. Yeah. And uh, Haley, you've been doing the same thing as me. You you quit the same day I did. Just. Yep. Not support, not just right to support, but because you wanted to do it for yourself. I right? wanted to do it for myself. Um, I have watched my family when I was a kid practically fall apart over alcoholism, and it always seemed to be like a running theme in my life. Um, my ex husband was a raging alcoholic, um, and I guess I I don't know subconsciously thought maybe I could save my father through my ex husband, <laughs> mm. if that makes mm. sense. No, it it kind of yeah. Um, I remember a long time ago I got really drunk on a road trip and i i'm not sure why i'm even still here like I, mm-hmm. it was bad uh and i didn't drink for probably two two and a half years after that um but to not necessarily as a choice it was like i couldn't go near it it mm-hmm. took so long to kind of recover from that and so now as it being a choice it's hard it's very hard i want a glass of champagne so bad i want a glass mm-hmm. of champagne and a shot of tequila like you wouldn't believe yeah, so, but at the she's same fun time, on tequila. <laughs> tequila is my my weakness. Um, my skin is better. My I feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, sleep is better. My sleep is better. My hair is. I mean, everything just feels so much better. And the dark circles under my eyes are starting to go away. And just it's just not worth it to me anymore. I miss wine. I want some wine. Yeah, I we need. Wine, yeah. We yeah. need to once we get to that that year mark because uh, what, what are we at now? You're almost there. Almost April. almost ten months. It'll be ten months at the end of this month. Yeah, um, yeah almost there. I, I think one thing we're going to do as far as like health wise, we're going to incorporate more fermented foods. Oh yeah, yeah. In, That's good for your gut health, including wine. And yeah. like if we can limit ourselves, and uh, this is. We've had extensive conversations about this. We're going to start with just the the easy stuff, beer and wine, and limit to the weekends, Fridays and Saturdays only. Yeah. And then Sundays is getting, because Sundays are work days for for me, so we just, you know, gear up for the rest of the week and have a clearer mind for the rest of the week. So do you guys have, like, a bottle of wine that you're waiting to crack? We have the bottle of wine, yeah. I I, um, I don't know what beer I'm going to have first. I haven't really thought about it yet, but we... With tacos, though, right? Yes. In in (laughs) fact, yes. I think the first beer I'm going to have is when we go to El Azteca, one of my favorite 
Mexican restaurant. Don't tell everybody about that place. I don't want to overrun with people. <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> the 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 super nachos and a uh, Corona. I, I think no 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 Dos Equis lager. It's got to be Dos Equis lager. Dos Equis. I like uh, for the Mexican beers. I am definitely a Negro Modelo Modelo type of person. I like those ones. I wonder if I'm gonna change. I wonder if my beer palate will have changed now that I've quit. Because yeah. I, I didn't really like the darker beers, not for the same reasons that Don doesn't like dark things. <laughs> right. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I, I, maybe maybe I'll like them more. I, yeah. I know somebody that a uh, long time ago, a friend of mine, um, used to get those all the mm-hmm. time. And he would drop some um, vanilla extract into it. Huh. And he Never said it almost that. made it taste like a cream soda. Just, huh. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, well, don't tell me that. Because yeah. then I'm going to we'll go get <laughs> Mexican <laughs> vanilla is some of the best vanilla out there. That so. sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, I'll have to try that. Yeah. You'll have to wait a year. Yeah. I know. Damn it. <laughs> but my birthday when I turn 38 is going to be so awesome because yeah. that's that's my celebration. That's why in the past when I've uh, when I've quit things. So I, I did quit drinking for a year like when I was 27 or something. So like 10 years ago. Yeah. You can um, do it. Yeah. Done and then before. I've also quit drinking coffee before for a year. So then when I always quit it on my birthday. So by the time my birthday rolls around, it's like. It's a celebration, bitches. Yeah, yep. you know. Yeah, this will be around my birthday too. So, be yeah. a fucking celebration, bitches. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm bummed. I'm bummed because on my birthday, uh, which is April eighth, the Sabroso concerts that day, and you know, the Offspring, and it's a tacos cra- and beer. It's a craft yeah. beer and taco festival, yeah. and I've got to wait three more weeks until I can actually enjoy beer with my tacos. Well, I'll be there suffering with you too yeah. because tacos is my. Well, I, at least I can eat eat tacos. Yeah. We can eat tacos. We, can eat tacos. we just, you know, can't drink the fucking beer yeah. with the tacos. God yeah. damn it! That's okay. But That's good okay. for all of us for sticking strong, and we can bitch and complain about it as much as we want, yeah. as long as we don't drink, right? That's right. 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 I got uh, one more email to close us out, and it is related to the alcohol. So let maybe we can give this person some advice, or maybe they, we've already helped them by what we've already discussed here. But here we go. This is from Rhiannon. Congratulations to you both on your spans of sobriety. Rhiannon. That's yeah. like the Stevie Nicks song. Yeah, maybe that's why she picked that name. Oh, I wonder, you know what? This uh, Sorry, okay. did not mean to sidebar. Okay. But the bartender at Broderick's Midtown, its name is Rhiannon. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. So if that's you, what up, girl? You're so cute. <laughs> I think this is a surname, so oh. I think this is the same person. Oh, damn it. And she's, uh, she's writing about alcohol abuse, so I hope she's not, you know, working a bar while while <laughs> suffering from alcoholism. Yeah. So maybe, maybe pick a different job if this is the same Rhiannon. If, I don't think it is. Okay. She goes on to say, I wanted to get more of your thoughts on alcoholism. Well, that's what we were here for. If you've already covered answers to the questions I'm asking you, I'm sorry. That's okay. I just feel stuck, and this email is going to be all over the place. Here we go. Brace brace for this. What, in your opinion, is the definition of an alcoholic? Are there just some of us that are kind of functioning okay alcoholics that are abusing most nights of the week? Are we powerless? Is there some magic trick to just be able to drink, quote-unquote, normally, such as at social gatherings or maybe just on Friday nights getting wild with a significant other? Following a couple traumas in my late teens, early 20s, I turned to alcohol and any other drugs I could get my hands on to escape my problems and cover them up. Mid-20s, I partook in a lot of self-help and counseling, but was still drinking um, heavily every single night, 30 pounds heavier as a result. 
Now in my late 20s, I find that I am still drunk three nights a week on average and usually at the point of blackout. Mm. First, I'll have a couple of glasses of wine and tell myself I can shut that voice off in my head that's telling me to indulge in more. But eventually, I give in. This often leads to the whole bottle of wine down the hatch, plus a couple IPAs, and because I'm getting older, I get a few days' worth of a hangover. Oh, yeah, been there. Mm-hmm. However, this rarely deters me from repeating the behavior. I feel like if alcohol was in the form of a pill, I'd never take one. I love the taste of wine, beer, and hard and the hard stuff, and that's a big element of it that has uh, me stagnant, stagnant in this. Like Brandon, I love having certain drinks with food. I just don't understand the urges that I have when I'm such a busy person. I have no idea how I find the time to abuse. I work two jobs, one from home. I do volunteer work every week. My MS will be finished by December. My MS. My... Masters. Oh, is that what that is? I believe Probably. so. Okay. My MS will be finished by December, and I do a combination of weight training and walking or running about eight hours every week. Obviously, I have a lot of energy, and I have been maintaining this busy schedule just fine, but it seems like it doesn't matter how busy I make myself. I still drink. It seems like the only thing that I don't put enough effort into being more mindful of. It seems like I have to be so extremely cautious of controlling on the days I don't let myself drink. How much longer can my body take this? By the sounds of it, not not much longer. Because it sounds like she's kind of at that breaking point, right? Well, the drinking isn't the problem. No. you got to face the problems that are making you drink. Yeah. She's using, much like I did, using uh, alcohol to escape. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, verbatim. Not just... It didn't start with just booze. It started with booze and drugs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's good that you're not off... You're not on anything else. Right. But in order to be able to handle... This situation and get control of the drinking you have to get control of what's going on in your head yeah and you know one of the things that my trainer told me because we would have uh long conversations and she would tell me well you know you should do this blah 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 you should do that and i would i would tell her oh yeah i know i know i need to do that and i know and she's like i know you know what you need to do to take care of yourself but you need to believe that you're worth taking care of yeah. and when she said that to me it really resonated to me because mm-hmm. Are for me because I was not taking care of myself because I didn't believe that I deserved to be taken care of or that I deserved to be loved. So I've been working on feeling, you know, that I'm worthy of that, those things. So I wonder if, you know, her depression, it sounds like she, but she said she was depressed, right? Or yeah. I don't think she needed to say it. No. Yeah. In, in fact, you know, she she just kind of glossed over what is probably the main issue uh, that she isn't facing, and that's the traumas that she dealt with yeah. in her late teens and early 20s. Uh-huh. Um, that was the initial trigger for her escape. And then she got older, and then she got jobs. She's working multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. She's volunteering. She's going to school to get a master's degree. She's working out. She's running. So she doesn't have to think. She's like not sitting with herself to have to think about those things that are going on. And so when avoiding. she avoiding, yeah. And so when she is, you know, probably stagnant or whatever, when she's at home and she does actually have to sit with her thoughts, she's drinking. So she doesn't have to think about that type, yeah. that she's, trauma. She's probably got some PTSD going on. Oh, it de- sounds like depending it. on the trauma. I mean, 
as a girl, we can deduce what it probably was. I mean, deduce. <laughs> but if she, if being alone with her own thoughts is making her want to drown them out, mm-hmm. and she goes to alcohol, it it's understandable. But you also have to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling, and you know, maybe you need to seek some counseling just to get some things off of your chest and. And, you know, understand that if you're not worth something to the universe, the universe would would rid it itself of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a reason you're here. Not to be all, oh, we all have a purpose. But clearly we do in some fashion. Yeah. And maybe your purpose is to learn how to get through these traumas. And then you can move on. And it sounds like maybe you're stuck in a little bit of a wheel right now. You just kind of keep turning in the same direction. Yeah. Literally running away from her problems. Absolutely. Like, or, and yet or circling hiding back from to them. them. Every time she every sits time. down alone with her thoughts. Yeah, because yeah. that's why she's keeping herself so busy because mm-hmm. she can't, she doesn't want to sit and She's think on about a hamster it. wheel is what she is. Yeah, and so I feel like one of the things that she would benefit from because she does need to face these traumas and deal with it and process them because if she's not going to process them that it's going to continue to just you know replay in her head even if it's subconsciously and that is what that emdr therapy is Mm -hmm. that i'm going through it makes you sit down and think about you know whatever trauma you're trying to process and actually work through it it's very very intense but i'll tell you after i walked out of that the EMDR session uh, a couple weeks ago, I felt so much lighter um, because I was realizing things that I had never faced before with my, you know, with the trauma that I went through. So I feel like Haley's right. She does need to maybe seek some counseling. And I think if she were to look into EMDR therapy, um, it could help her because it's proven to help with PTSD. At the end, she asked, how longer can my body take this? Um, How much longer? Not long at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially if you're putting out all of this energy into your work, into your school, into your fitness, and then you're spending your off time consuming all this booze, it's not going to last much longer. And it sounds like just by reaching out, she's kind of reaching that rock bottom. Yeah. And it just maybe think about it this way because she is so strong in every other aspect of her life and she's able to spin all of these plates and still manage to uh spiral out of control on her off time maybe shift that way of thinking and and capable of so much if you are capable of doing all these other things think about if you just focus that energy on fixing what the root problem may be then then you know you could you could be very well on your way to a much happier and more fulfilling life Imagine what you could do if you took all of the energy you're expending on working two jobs and going to school. Now, don't I'm not saying don't drop out of school or anything like, but imagine what you could do if you applied it to fixing what's up here. Mm-hmm. It's going to take you further in life because once you get rid of that blockage, it's it sounds like an emotional blockage. Mm-hmm. You can move on, and then you're going to be more rewarded with the fruits of life, and you won't feel the need to escape. Well, and I think one thing that we do as – now, I don't want to call myself an alcoholic because I don't believe in addiction. I believe in dependency and you start to become – and I believe in compulsion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one of the lies that we tell ourselves is that, oh, well, it's not affecting other areas of my life. So what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. You know, But if she's now getting – 
her hangovers are lasting two days. Well, just think about if you didn't have a hangover on those two days. And eventually, I guarantee in some way, shape, or form, it's going to affect other areas of your life, whether you want to realize it or not. I just think, you know, like Haley was saying, her her energy would be more well spent focusing on not, you know, not drinking and stuff. And and then the other areas of her life would probably blossom even more than they are currently. Yeah. It's all about balance. And if she doesn't take the time, the same amount of time that she puts into other things, her career and, and all that, all that stuff that she's putting out to other people, she won't have enough energy to fix herself. So it's all about balance and uh, moderation. Yeah. And it sounds like she thinks that she can carp compartmentalize you know i have this and i have this and i have this and then i have this drinking Mm -hmm. and before you know it it's gonna bleed through so i mean i hope the best for her and i brandon i think you're exactly right she is so strong to be able to spin all these plates Mm -hmm. for so long so harness that strength and believe in yourself that you can quit the drinking and that you're worth it to quit the drinking you you owe it to yourself to take care of your body you know and it sounds like she's health conscious oh yeah maybe maybe use that health conscious state of mind and uh give yourself a goal like maybe not necessarily take a year off like we did Mm -hmm. um but take 30 days off Mm -hmm. just start start in incremental uh steps and go and reevaluate as time goes by. And even if you can't just quit drinking for 30 days, start weaning off. Maybe drink half of what you would normally drink and just start weaning off. But some, some people you need to rip it off like a Band-Aid and just face it head on. But it sounds like um, that's going to be a decision you'll have to make. I want to I wanna, uh, don't throw caution to the wind and just stop. It sounds like the level of drinking that, that she is doing is definitely a dependency um, I know firsthand experience that if you just quit cold turkey after doing it for so many years, you run the risk of mm. quite literally dying. Yes, uh, this, that's true. This is literally what happened to my father. He decided to finally quit drinking after, you know, the day he started in Vietnam to 10 years ago and his heart just stopped. Mm-hmm. So probably want to start with weaning off. Yep. And if you're really serious about it, you probably really should consider talking to a doctor about it and saying, Mm -hmm. this is where I'm at and I really want to safely come down and be healthier. And two weeks is your hardest point, isn't it? It's always two weeks, right? Yeah. It was the two-week mark that was the hardest to push. If you can push through that, you can get to the end. Yeah. You got this, girl. Yeah, you do. Yeah, just stay strong. And it, it sounds like you got a really good head on your shoulders. Just use it a little bit better. You, you use it in a different way. That's yeah. all. And if you need us to, you know, to, to do, I mean, Brandon and I very much do the like sobriety check in because it keeps us accountable. If you need to write us a little email and to keep yourself accountable, we're here for yeah, you. We'll write you, know? you back. We'll, we'll keep you. We'll keep you company if you don't trust anybody in your inner circle, because that's one thing that really has helped me is just to be able to say it. To say Mm -hmm. to Haley, I am craving some whiskey right now. Or to say to Amanda, I just really want a beer today. Yeah. And just to say that and get it off your chest, it it really helps you push through those urges. Yeah, I agree. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Haley. Thanks for having me. I did. That was fun. Yeah, good job. You're a pro. You're natural.
Yeah. And you are. Speech and debate classes really paid off. <laughs> you, you do sound much smarter than me, so I don't think we're going to do this ever again. Oh, okay. If you want, uh, if you want to uh, get some advice or just general, write us, uh, write us an email at rad at radradio.com, and we will speak to you next week. Namaste, fuckers. Bye. The Rad. Broadcast.